Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. As we continue our series of podcasts called Shields Up, we want to continue to seek to put our shield of faith up against the devil and his temptations and schemes and deceptions against us. And This past Sunday, we looked at a passage from Luke 17 um, where Jesus heals 10 lepers. And only one of those lepers actually comes back and thanks Jesus for what he has done in their life. And I thought about this as we talked on this Sunday. We paralleled that story with Jesus healing sinners, saving them from their despicable state of sinfulness before God and restoring them and cleansing them and making them brand new. And in the passage with the lepers, one leper came back. And we also paralleled that to today, which it seems if you look around, that there's only a fraction of people who are actually calling themselves Christians who are truly sold out to Christ. Maybe it's even 10% where it was in the passage with the lepers. Only 10% of the people return to Jesus and say, Jesus, my life is yours. So we paralleled leprosy with sinfulness and we paralleled the thanksgiving of the one leper who returned with the surrender that Christ expects from those who he redeems I want to continue that today because I do think this is a very big deception from the devil. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I was kind of a, a person growing up that didn't like when two options were presented to me. I'll give you a couple examples. Um, in school, I didn't really like the options of pass this hard test or fail, right? That's generally the two options when you get a test in class. You either study and discipline yourself and pass this really hard test, or you fail and you flunk the class. But I didn't like that option. So I would try to find a third option. I would, you know, try to study somewhat, do good enough in my test. And if I ever needed a, a score boost, if I ever needed some way to bring my grade up, I would just go talk to the teacher and say, hey, teacher, um, what if I did like a paper? What if I did some kind of extra credit thing to boost my score up? Because, you know, I didn't do great on the test. And they didn't know the reason I didn't do great is because I didn't really buckle down and study for that test. But um, what about a third option, teacher? What about this, you know, something in the middle that I can do to sort of boost my grade while not having to discipline myself to take the tests? I also did this with dating. Um, <laughs> I didn't really like the idea of commitment for a long time in my life. I didn't, I, like, it terrified me to think about commitment, committing myself to one girl. And so that was an option that most people say you can get married, you can commit yourself. Uh, or the other option is just to be alone, be single, um, have nothing. But I, I told you, I didn't really like the two options that were presented to me. I'd like to consider there was a third option. So unfortunately, what I would do is I would I would date a girl and, and go nowhere near commitment, um, but also kind of just string her along for a while. And um, whenever I felt like the relationship had sort of you know run its course, just kind of let her go. And it's really cruel, but I was the kind of guy that was loved the third option. I didn't like when two options were presented to me that weren't attractive. So if someone said, hey, get in or get out, I would always try to find a loophole to say, I don't know, maybe there's a third option we can consider. Maybe it's not get in or get out. Maybe I can have a semblance of what they have, but at the same time not be totally without. I was kind of the same way in school. When I went to school, I wasn't, I wasn't popular and I, I wasn't a nerd. And I liked that. I liked being right in the middle. I didn't want to be cliche and plastic like what, what I thought the popular people were. I didn't want to be that. But I also didn't want to be the reject. I didn't want to be looked down upon. I didn't want to be those you know people that everybody makes fun of. So I, I found myself sort of in the middle. 
kind of making up my own rules. If I wanted to do popular things, I did popular things. If I wanted to abstain from those things, I just did it. And that's just the kind of guy I was for a long time. And so, unfortunately, it worked its way into Christianity with me. And I think from a young age, I knew how serious it was to follow Jesus. I don't know it like I know it now, but I think I knew back then that following Jesus is, is important. It's crucial. And not only that, at age five, I believe that he saved me from my sins. So what seemed obvious, even to a young boy, is that I should follow Jesus. But I told you, I don't like the three, I don't like the two options of get in or get out. And really, Christianity is exactly that. It's, it's get in or get out. It's follow Jesus or reject Jesus. I mean, even Jesus said in the New Testament, if you don't gather with me, you scatter. If you're not with me, you're against me. But growing up, I, I, I did what I not commonly did. I found a loophole. I found a third option. And I think the reason I found that third option so easily is because of our enemy, the devil. I think he put forward this third option that really isn't in Scripture, but it did seem quite appealing to me growing up because I definitely didn't want to go to hell. Clearly didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to pay for my sins. That was obvious. But I also didn't really want to follow the Lord like he asked, like he demands. So, so what do I do? Do I get in or do I get out? Do I follow Jesus? Am I with Jesus? Or do I reject him and I'm against him? Well, I found a third option. I found a third option, which is sort of in the middle. That I follow Jesus to some degree. I do some religion. I do some church activity. I do some discipline. But I don't give myself entirely to Jesus. Because if I give myself entirely to Jesus, then I'm going to miss out on what the world has. And that didn't seem quite attractive either. I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted to not go to hell, but I also wanted to experience all the things that the world does. Well, it's not going to shock you. This has been around for generations. It may have been around as long as Christianity has been around. But I really think it's picked up pace. I really think somewhere along the last 100, 150 years, maybe even more recent than that, this has picked up pace where there's this third option now that everybody sort of assumes is, is possible and plausible. That we don't have to really follow Christ like he demands. And we don't have to reject him either. We just sort of exist in the middle. And I don't know exactly what caused that. I don't know if that's just a fleshly thing that we just so long for anyways. That the devil just says, hey, just try it. Or if he just really constructed a bunch of pieces together to make it seem logical in our minds. I think one trigger that I have seen, and this is my perspective growing up, is that we started to change biblical language. And as good Protestants, we, we like to think that we are the purists, right? That we don't add anything onto the scriptures, we don't take anything away from the scriptures. Whatever the scriptures say is what we go by. But I know at least one aspect and in, in instance of us adding to the scriptures was when we took on a, t a term and a phrase called accept Christ into your heart. I know if you've been in the Christian circles that I've been in long enough, you've heard that term. Accept Christ or accept Christ into your hearts. And really what it means is, is bring Christ in. Make room for him. Believe that he's the Savior. Bring him into your heart. Make room for Jesus. And there you go. You're saved. The only problem is the scriptures do not speak of that at all. I mean, not even one iota. Not even a little bit do you find a term that says accept Jesus into your heart. 
And where did we come up with that? Where did that come up in the Christian circles that we can just accept Jesus into our lives and hearts and just go on with our lives? All Jesus is asking is kind of like a Facebook friend request. Just accept yes. Hit yes on that Facebook friend request and you will be a Christ follower. You will be with Christ. He on the last day will go, of course they did. They hit yes on the friend request. They're mine. But somewhere along the way, it started to seem logical to us. And I think probably, again, the reason it seemed logical is because we wanted it to begin with. We didn't like the two options that were put before us. We didn't like that I have to go to hell and pay for my sins. I didn't really like that option. I didn't like it at all. But I also really didn't like the demands that Christ put before me that says, listen, if, if I'm going to be your Savior, I'm going to be your Lord. I'm going to be your Master. And you're going to do exactly as I say for the rest of your life. So I found a loophole. And the devil helped me find that loophole. And he's helping countless people find that loophole each and every day. To say, listen, it's not one or the other. It's not get in or get out. It's not with or against. It's not gather or scatter. You can do both. You can give some. You can go at a cruise speed. You can go along with the traffic. You don't really have to go full throttle on this thing. But I don't see that in Scripture. I don't see terms like accept Jesus into my heart. I see terms like repent. I see terms like renounce everything. I see terms like pick up your cross, give all, surrender all. And that's really what we were trying to bring out on Sunday is that the link and the parallel to the one leper coming back to say thank you to Jesus is probably similar to what the Lord is experiencing today where he is willing and able and saving countless people. But those people are not coming back to Jesus to surrender their lives to him. But I want to read a passage. And it's not just one passage. This kind of language is all over Scripture. As much as accept Christ into your heart is nowhere in Scripture, this kind of language that I'm about to read is all over Scripture. And it's a passage from Luke 17, excuse me, Luke 14. Luke 14, it's on the cost of discipleship, and I want you to listen to what Jesus says. He says in verse 25, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Verse 31, Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not first sit down and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends delegation and asks for terms of peace. And then Jesus says in verse 33, So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Do you see the bar? Do you see the bar that the Lord Jesus is putting this at? Listen, you're a sinner. You're a sinful person. You have rebelled against God. You are covered in this sinful filth. 
I am the Savior. I am the Redeemer. I am the life giver. I am here to save you. I'm here to cleanse you. I'm here to take your sins away as far as the east is from the west. I'm here to make your hearts whiter than snow. But if I do that for you, I'm asking something from you. In fact, I'm demanding something from you. I'm demanding that you understand my value and my worth and that when you believe, you also turn. You turn from yourself. You turn from this world. You turn from anything that would hold away your devotion and your allegiance from me. And you surrender everything to me. And then Jesus says, in fact, if you do not, if you are unable or unwilling to do that, you cannot be mine. Cannot. I will not recognize you. I will not own you. I will not vouch for you on the last day. If you tried to say, hey, I accepted Jesus into my heart. I was a Christian. I did some religious stuff over the course of my life. I went at a pace. You know, I gave some. Jesus, you're mine. I'm yours. Let me into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is going to go, no, no. That's not what I said. I didn't say give some. I didn't say find a middle ground. I said renounce everything. Renounce everything. I said surrender all to me. And that bar is uncomfortable even to speak about because I know what that will mean. Even for myself, that means I still have to look at my life and do stop, take stock and inventory of my heart and say, am I doing that? Am I renouncing everything? Am I surrendering all to Christ? Or have I, again, found a loophole that I don't want to reject Christ because I know what that will mean? I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to pay for my sins. But following Jesus like he demands is going to be costly. It's going to mean I don't get to do a lot of the things the world gets to do. It means I don't get to really experience and sink my teeth into everything that I want here upon the earth. What about my will then? What about my desires? What about my dreams and wishes? Jesus says, I don't want those a part of this plan. I want you to let those go. I have better things for you. I, I think if you've been around Wyoming Valley Church long enough, we've talked about this. We've talked about all the treasures of following Christ. That if you sat down and like the passage says, sit down and calculate, is it better? Is it better to follow Christ than follow the world? You would come to the conclusion, obviously, yes, it is. But if you team that with, with the call and the demand and the bar that Jesus sets to say, listen, you have to. You have to. Don't just do it because it will mean more treasures for you. Do it because I demand it. Do it because there's no other option. Do it because if you don't surrender all to Jesus, if you don't renounce everything and follow to Jesus, you're not mine. I don't own you. I don't have you. You're not my person. I'm not your savior. And if I'm not, then you belong to the evil one. And so really, if you look at a passage like this, and I mentioned before, there are several passages that say the exact kind of language. Jesus is saying, get in or get out. Get in or get out. You have two options. You don't have a third option. Get the devil out of the way. Get all of this third option loophole thing out of the way. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You could pretend. You could fake. You can make your conscience settle a little bit in your in your mind, at least on earth. But what's going to happen when you get to the other side and it's judgment day? The Lord will say, I told you. I told you there were two options. 
I told you, it was get in or get out. It was follow me or reject me. It was gather with me or scatter. It was be with me or be against me. And he's going to look at probably countless, countless people who tried to do something in the middle. Tried to find the loophole. Tried to find this third option and say, I gave, what do you mean, Jesus? I gave some. Yeah, I didn't abandon. I didn't renounce. I didn't surrender everything, but I did give some things. I gave, you know, in the middle somewhere. And Jesus will say, that's not what I asked. That's not what I demanded. Do you know what I gave for the sake of your soul? I gave all. Not only did I come to the earth, which is completely humiliating for the Son of God, he had to give up all his rights, all his kingly privileges, everything that means to be royal as the king of kings. He gave it all up. But it wasn't just that. He just didn't come for a couple years and then go back to heaven. He came. He was born as a babe inside of a person that he created. He had to be raised and nursed and trained and taught and reared. He had to grow up, and, and finally, once he did grow up, he had to surrender his life, literally, on a cross. The most humiliating, despicable way to die. He had to bleed and die in front of countless people. Humiliating, despicable death. Because Jesus knew that to save my people, I'm going to have to give everything. I'm going to have to surrender all. I'm going to have to surrender what I would want, I guess which would be to stay with God, to receive everything that the Son of God comes. And I'm going to do it for the sake of the Father's will. I'm going to do it for the sake of the benefit of my people because I love them. So I'm going to give all. But then I'm going to ask them. I'm going to turn to them, just like he does in this passage. He turned to the crowd and he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife, and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And in the efforts to defeat and defend ourselves against the devil, the third option has to go away entirely. We have to start using biblical language like renounce and surrender and follow and abandon. And we have to get rid of this idea of accept Jesus into your life and then just go wherever you were going to go and he'll go with you. That doesn't exist. This third option, this loophole that we have found, it, it is not truth. It is not real. We have now added to the scriptures and that's an incredibly dangerous thing to do. We now know what Jesus demands and the question for all of us, myself included, this is hard to think about. But the question is very simple and very clear. Which way? you got two directions. Follow Christ or reject him. Go with him, listen to him, obey him, do exactly as he tells you, or do the complete opposite. I hope that if your soul has been touched by his grace, by his kindness, by his love, then you will go, wow, yes. I, I don't know why I've been putting this off if I have. I don't know why I've been trying this third option. Lord, you deserve all. You demand all. I don't want to be without you on the last day. That is clear and obvious. As great as this earth, we can make it and try to make it seem like it's pleasurable and an enjoyable place to be. It does not make up for the fact that on the last day, when eternity is staring directly at us, we want Christ on the last day. We want him on the last day. Terror would fill our souls if we ever considered 
that on the last day the Lord would look at us and say, I don't know who you are. You're not mine. You didn't abandon. You didn't renounce. You didn't surrender to me. Be gone. And therefore, we have one solution. Do what Christ has asked and demanded us to do. Follow him with everything. And if there's anything in your life that you're holding back from him, put a bullseye on it and say, Lord, I, I can't I can't hold it back any longer. I know what you demanded. I know what you've asked. I know what it'll mean. If I go this direction, a lot of people will think I'm nuts. A lot of people won't go with me. But if I'm with the Lord, that's all I need. If I'm with him and his people for the rest of eternity, that is all I need. And like the old song, I Surrender All, used to say, if none go with me, still I will follow. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.